Hello, welcome to today's episode of Juicing the Numbers, your statistics and sports podcast. I am one of your hosts, Joshua Tracy. And I And uh, we're coming at you a day later than we usually do. Uh, you're listening to this on Friday. We usually drop on Thursdays. We're recording this on Thursday. Um, we had, Corwin and I had anticipated uh, talking about the Yankees-Angels game that was supposed to happen today on July 1st because we were supposed to be there. And uh, got rained out. Such is life. Um, so we essentially delayed this for nothing. But how would we know? So, oh well. Would have been yeah. cool. Would have. But hey, now we can wait until August 13th. 16th. 16th. Good thing I didn't yeah. trust off work yet. <laughs> oh, gotta love it. Yeah. So instead it was just a meaningless day we took off of work to like hang out and not watch baseball. And I was like, what's the point of that? Yeah, to see friends. Ugh. Bowling? Ugh. We've discovered Corwin is secretly very good at bowling. Um, no, we discovered that I'm really bad at bowling, but got incredibly lucky by the end. Strike City over there. Through like the first seven frames, I think I had six points. And Corwin just became to get like four strikes throughout the rest of the like two games we played. It became the two true outcomes bowler, strike or gutter yeah. ball. <laughs> I would either pull it so hard I would throw it into the gutter, or it just happened to just slowly roll into a strike. Swing it for the fences on every on every pitch, man. Uh every swing. Uh, the, the example doesn't really translate well at that point, but oh well. Yeah. Um also, it was funny because because the uh, what do you call that shit? Uh, it, animations on the board, like I think a lot of bowling alleys do like baseball themed ones, but it's all it's awkward because if you miss while batting mm-hmm. and you get a strike, that's not good. If you're bowling and you knock down all the pins. That's a strike, and it's wonderful. And because they share that term to have exact opposite meanings, um, it doesn't really translate well on the animation either. And it was very like, oh, I get what you were going for, but not quite. Um, Kind of feeling the whole time. So that was fun. It still was a fun time. I haven't been bowling in probably 15 years at least Uh, maybe not 15 because that's when I was eight maybe like 12 Um, but yeah bowling alleys still kind of gross they were gross back then but even now with COVID and everything it's like they're still they're still pretty gross but this was still much nicer than any bowling alley I ever remember going to as a kid so I'll give it that Um, but yeah it's it's fun for about two games and then it gets real old it would have been tough to do more. But anyway, yeah. this is not a bowling podcast. Nope. <laughs> uh, Please so, don't ever try and get us to talk about it again. Yeah, that was the first and last mention of bowling on this podcast, I would assume. Uh, so instead, we're going to talk by talking about, I guess, well, I guess the second topic we're going to talk about since we just talked about bowling, is another sport that we don't often talk about anymore on the podcast, and that's hockey. 
Um, because as the regular season has ended quite some time ago, and we're now in the midst of the Stanley Cup playoffs, uh, we're talking awards. The awards for the regular season uh, players have started to be announced. So we figured we'd give some shout-outs to some players who did some really cool shit this season. And starting at the tippity-tippity-top, the MVP award, the Hart Memorial Trophy, was awarded to Connor McDavid of the Edmonton Oilers in what is a not-surprising event. Decision. Yeah, uh, because he led the NHL with 105 points, got 33 goals and 72 assists in only 56 games, which uh, for anyone unaware of the NHL typically plays 82 games. Uh, they played a slightly shortened season. Um, this is the he's the only guy to get a unanimous MVP award other than Wayne Gretzky himself. So is he, this is, is he a good player to uh, compare him to. One would yeah. surmise it's <laughs> quite a fucking accomplishment. Um 100 points in 56 games is stupid in this in this day and age. Are you kidding? Oh, my God. As someone who has uh, Conor McDavid on his fantasy hockey team and yet still did not make the playoffs, it hurts to, to be alive. But uh, <laughs> your team was really bad this year. They were really. And I forgot to set my lineup very frequently. So, yeah. I mean, anyway, just looking over his stats, this is his third Art Ross trophy in the last five seasons. That's just on. That's just insane. He's it's, so good. He is very good. Two-time yes. Pearson Trophy winner, second Hart Trophy. This guy, Connor McDavid, pretty good at hockey. Um, he's just got so much ahead of him. He's still only twenty-four. He's twenty-four years old. I know it's unreal to think. Um, and like he won his first MVP in twenty seventeen, and that he was twenty. And it's it's also unreal because Connor McDavid is playing this game at such a ridiculous level, a, ge- a truly generational level, but because it's hockey and to an even larger extent, because it's Edmonton really doesn't get quite the same level of recognition that he would get. Um, even if he was playing in, you know, still obviously hockey, but playing in a city like uh, Pittsburgh, which has a great hockey tradition, mm-hmm. uh, New York, obviously, because it's just There's a big a media couple market guys from Pittsburgh who have been known to uh, kind of have that mantle. So, I think it was yeah, close. I mean, you think of you think of like Yarmir Yager, like Yar, everyone. I mean, you couldn't like look at a hockey stick in the '90s without thinking of Yarmir Yager. You know what I mean? Especially his Pittsburgh days. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you think about like Bobby Orr for uh, Boston has like a huge. Uh, you know, there's still a lot of people who like when they see a puck, it's like a fucking Bobby Orr. You compare every defenseman who's ever been alive to Bobby Orr. Right. You know, like and. Obviously, you know, Boston also being one of those cities, uh, even L.A. to to a large extent, you know, like Andre Kopitar has, has, has you know, uh, was had quite an audience when he was um, in his prime with L.A. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think that's part of the downside to small media markets in general and also in the NHL is it's tough to get a recognition out of obviously NHL fans, it, tangential NHL fans know who Connor McDavid is. Um, because he's just that talented and he's quite young. He has lots of time to grow more for reputation. Uh, obviously Gretzky found a lot of fame in Edmonton because he was the greatest player of all time and played a significant portion of his best years in Edmonton. Um, but it's, it's very tough because it is in the middle of nowhere and mm-hmm. not many people care about hockey, which is a shame, but it's super cool to witness. And if you've ever thought about maybe watching hockey, Fucking do it and watch Conor McDavid and it will make it very obvious what good hockey should be. It's like trying to figure out what good pitching looks like if you never watch baseball and turning on a Jacob deGrom game. Like it's you're you're gonna be like, Oh, 
there it is. <laughs> yep, I, I see what it's supposed to be now. Uh, right. Yeah. Except for tonight, but that's okay. I know. It happens. Yeah, truly. I mean, it's literally his first mildly rough start of the season. It's not even that bad. So, anyway, uh, the Vezina Trophy went to Mark andre Fleury of the Vegas Golden Knights. Somehow, this is Mark andre Fleury's first time winning the Vezina Trophy, which you would not expect because he has had such an illustrious career up to this point. But it has been, this is his first honor. Um, he had a career-high safe percent at 928. Um, and a goals against average of 198. So he nothing got by him this season. Um, a a Golden Knights first historic monumental achievement. A Golden Knights first, um, and really uh, a super fun win for one of hockey's easiest people to root for. Yeah, I mean Flower has long been my favorite player in the NHL. You know, going back to his Pittsburgh days. Um, you know. I love him as a person. I love him as a player. He's, you know, behind uh, uh, what the fuck's his name um, from the Team. Panthers, the defenseman, um, funny guy. Um, doesn't matter. Uh, one of the funniest guys in the NHL. Um, I am really upset that he didn't win his first uh, trophy with the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins because there were many years where he was in the running and, and definitely should have won one with Pittsburgh in my mind, but uh, God, I'm just happy for flower to actually get there. Yeah, it is. It is a wonderful Keith thing. Keith Yandel is who. I was oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. I, God, I, got I, I kept saying Yans in my head. Cause I know that's his nickname. And I was just like, that's, that's not helping me extrapolate to what yeah. this actual name is. It's like, who the fuck are you? Um, yeah. It's why it's also wild to think that, you know, like he's been doing this for 17 years flowers and you know 13 years in pittsburgh this is just his fourth season in vegas um he's obviously got vezina votes before uh his highest vote season was actually his first season in um sorry his first time cracking top five was actually his first season in vegas when he finished fifth finished fourth the year after after that didn't get any votes in uh the shortened season last year and then ended up uh obviously taking it this season um which is just so wonderful for him. And it's amazing that he's been able to be the cornerstone of this Vegas Golden Knights team at a point in which Pittsburgh let him go because they had like a new young guy. And obviously no one thought Marc-Andre Fleury was like bad. I mean, obviously he was a good goalie when he was there. The Pittsburgh Penguins just had another younger goalie that obviously they could only protect one of um, in the expansion draft. So they, they let Flowers go. And then he has become like the rock of the Vegas Golden Knights. And it's so cool to see like later career dudes be able to do that. And at such a high degree that he took on literally the Vesna. So fucking good for you, buddy. Mm-hmm. Oh, flower, please stay in the NHL forever. You're too good. We don't deserve you. I know. Um, all right. So then we're looking at the James Norris Memorial trophy, which goes to the best defenseman. Uh, and that went to hometown. Ooh. Ooh. Hometown Ooh. New York Ranger, uh, Adam Ooh. Fox. You cannot boo this man. He is too dirty, fucking nasty. What? Um, yeah, uh, Adam Fox had a stupid good season. Um, yeah, uh, he had only five goals, but you know, defenseman, they don't expect that. He had 42 assists in 55 games. What the fuck? Uh, 
it's just so many. Uh, he barely found himself in the penalty box, only collected 14 minutes uh, for the whole season. Uh, I, he had a 22, sorry, 20 even strength uh, assists to 21 power play assists uh, and a shorthanded assist. So really was, was um, effective in, in all phases wow. of, of the game. What? How many are you looking at his stats right now? Uh, yeah, I'm on his hockey reference page. Close your eyes. Close okay. your eyes. Okay. How many blocks do you think he had? Oh, that's a great question. For reference, I'm looking at Kale McCarr's stats. He had 36 blocks blocks on the season. All right, I won't go. I won't go crazy. And he he was the guy I wanted to give the uh, I would have given the Norris to this year. Um, so what's your number Fuck for Adam face. Fox? Forty five. A hundred and two. Oh my god. Yeah. Is that a real number? Oh my god. Yeah, 102 blocks. He had 92 last year too in 70 games. 55 games this year, 102 blocks. Only 23 hits, which is genuinely surprising. Um but still great season. Yeah, I mean it's such I will a ridiculous say, season. You know, he's a better defensive defenseman than Kale McCarr is right now. Um I mean Kale McCarr offensive wizard, absolute one of the best skaters outright in the NHL, let alone as a defenseman, but he'll have his time, you know, he'll get his Norris trophies. He will have several. Um, so I can't fault Adam Fox for having a career year and uh, taking it home. Do you yeah. think, uh, do you think uh, Tony D'Angelo is a little jealous right now? Uh, I think Tony D'Angelo can straight up go fuck himself and um, shoot himself into the sun. Uh, he, I, I, he is an irrelevant person and a bad guy. So, um, he can hop in his little cannon and then just fire his ass straight to the sun. So, lick my balls, Tony D'Angelo. Punk guy's a little bitch, Anthony, uh, Anthony he, D'Angelo. Um, I was gonna start this with no offense to Tony D'Angelo, but he's such a piece of shit that I kind of want to offend him. He seems like a serious closeted, um, homosexual who happens to just outwardly talk about how much he despises that kind of lifestyle and it's just an awful person all around yeah i mean he also created a burner account just to argue with rangers fans on twitter but he's also like not good and the huge trump supporter and an asshole so again he can uh go pound sand up his ass um which is one of my favorite expressions because the image of it is hilarious and means nothing um but anyway so Shouts to you, Adam Fox, bringing the fun to Ranger Town. Uh, <laughs> the uh, Calder Memorial Trophy, which goes to essentially the, is the Rookie of the Year trophy, this year went to Kirill Kapazov um, from the Minnesota Wild. He got all but one vote for this mm-hmm. uh, award, um, 99 out of 100. So he had his Derek Jeter moment. Um <laughs> which, you know, fuck you, whoever is the 100th guy that didn't vote for him. Had a great season, um, 27 goals, 24 assists as a rookie. It's just huge. Um, the Minnesota Wild have been a very lopsided team for a very long time. Um, but with a, like, breakout candidate in uh, Kirill Kapazov, it you, you got to have some hope for that, um, again, very constantly underwhelming franchise. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I, I'm 
super excited to see Jason Robertson after he came out of nowhere and uh, kind of took the league by storm or not the league by storm, but played such an important role for Dallas this year. Um, it was really cool seeing that, um, especially since he was on my fantasy team. That's why I'm talking so much, uh, so much talk. Um, part of me is kind of upset that, uh, um, oh, Montreal's guy from Wisconsin, um, Cole Caulfield. I'm upset that he didn't get a single vote just because of the playoffs. That would have been hilarious. Uh, but by all means, it was uh, Kaprizov's from the beginning, you know, from the start of the season, it was his to take home. Yeah, I mean, he was literally the lead scorer on the Minnesota Wild, and to do that as a rookie is insane. He had 11 more points than the next guy, who was Kevin Fiala. Um, also, like, to have these two young dudes, Kaprizov, who's 23, and Fiala, who's 24, be your two lead point getters is very exciting for that team. Um, third place, former Ranger, and in my heart, still a Ranger, Matt Zuccarello. I love you so much, you short man. Um yeah, but the wingers on the team are wonderful. It is the everything else that is the problem. So, oh, God. Oh, Marco Rossi, please come in next year and save that team because Minnesota deserves it. I guess. No, no, they don't. Why? They really don't deserve this because they they retired number one at like their third season or whatever because their fans are the best, and that is so fucking lame. You deserve to be a very middling franchise for a few years after you do that because that is so fucking cringy um yeah it's not ideal um but to move on to something that's a little crazy uh i'm seeing a picture of uh Andre miller um does he sh- like shave lines into his eyebrows does he have yes. racing stripes on his eyebrows yes he does all right i um i'm glad i traded him to you because I, I that's just too much for me i love Andre miller i i yeah, can't I wait would for too. him i i would too yeah, he's so exciting. All right, anyway, uh, we'll get there, I suppose, at some point. The Art Ross Trophy, uh, which goes to the lead point getter in the NHL, is going to uh, no shit. Connor McDavid, we just mentioned the yeah. fact that he had the most points in the NHL when mentioning his um, Hart Trophy, his MVP award. So, uh, obviously, he's taking home the Art Ross as well. Um, yeah, uh, it, it's a it's a huge head-scratcher how he ended up um, – with that one, but my God, is there anything he can't do? Um, the answer to that is no. Oh the, uh, it's disgusting. He has taken the you... um, Art Ross trophy in three of the last five seasons. So that's stupid. He is, he has won the Art Ross trophy earned really uh, the same number of years. He has not earned the Art Ross trophy. That is a bullshit sentence. That's like that's like if, if you're if you came up as a as a hitter in MLB and you had earned the batting title as many times as you hadn't earned the batting title in your first six seasons in baseball. That's fucking stupid. Uh, can we like find out if anyone's actually done that? We don't need to do it right now, but like at some point, it's just so stupid. It's just so, so- stupid. I assume you don't have the uh, point leaderboard up in front of you, and if you, I do don't, not. Okay, uh, Connor McDavid, hundred and five points. We can, we both know that. Do you know who second was? Who second was? Um, Artemi Panarin. I have no idea. Artemi Panarin was tied for thirteenth with fifty-eight points. 
All right, who was it? Uh, his teammate and uh, power play line mate, Leon Dreisaitl, with 84 points, a 21-point difference between the two. Third place, any guesses? You just want to take a wild guess? Uh, Krejci. Uh, Krejci? Not even in the top 20. Uh, Brad Marchand, his <laughs> teammate. Uh, uh, with 69 points, pretty nice. That's a 36-point difference between first and third place. That's just crazy. God Absolutely damn. crazy. He had a 72-point or 72-assist lead over Leon Dreisaitl for tops in the league and was second to Austin Matthews in goals by uh, 8, 41-33. Quite damn, a season man. for the best player in hockey. Yeah, you could literally, literally add all of Max Pacioretty's uh, points to all of Nicholas Backstrom's points and still have fewer than Connor McDavid's points by one. I mean, it just doesn't even make any sense. Those are two very good hockey players. Yeah, it's Connor McDavid. I just... I don't want him to get traded because I think having him in Edmonton is a good thing for hockey. Having him be in a you know on a Canadian team and a, a team like Edmonton, I just wish they were able to do something to build a team around two of the top you know five players in hockey. For for reference, again, since we don't talk about hockey very frequently, and I'm assuming most people who listen to this are, are baseball people because I at that point it's the sport we talk about the most. Mm-hmm. Um, the Angels with Mike Trout is such a better team than the Oilers with Conor McDavid. Right. It, in, a, in the weirdest way, because, I mean, as hapless as the Angels always are and how much less one player can do on a baseball team than one player can do on a hockey team. Not to say that one player can truly carry a team. You only get so many shifts, so many minutes, etc. cetera. Um, but still, um, you get more opportunity to touch the puck than you do get to be in the batter's box, you know, so on and so forth. Um, and the, by all the, means, you can score at least a run or at least a goal every game or, or score a point. Theoretically, you know, Get absolutely. a point. Yeah. Over a point per game is the top in the league every single year. I don't know the last time, you know, the league leader in points scored under a point per game. If you scored a run or had an RBI in 162 games, you're setting MLB records. You're blowing those records out of the water. Yeah, a hundred RBI season know, is certainly crazy. accomplishable. Like people, people yeah. absolutely do it in a given season. It doesn't happen all the time, but it absolutely happens with a mild frequency. Uh, but like Corwin said, could you imagine a one hundred sixty-two RBI season and that being every year? <laughs> oh my God, no. Um, and again, like the Oilers with McDavid have been closer to the oh man, the Tigers after they shed all of their good pitching than they have been um, anything. Like you would imagine, I, we're describing how amazing, and we're going to mention Connor McDavid again in a minute for taking home another award. Um, because but, he's uh, the best player in hockey and, and they take By a stupid margin. Yeah. 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 Uh, like you would assume that we're talking about like a Golden State Warriors team with Steph Curry. And no, we, we're talking about the Detroit Tigers um, with like Miguel Cabrera, but good. Like young, I mean young. Um, and still winning the same at the same clip as like today's Detroit Tigers. It, it doesn't make any sense. 
it's genuinely astonishing. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I mean, hold on, just real quick. Let's uh, let, let's take an old peekaroo here at the uh, the Edmonton Oilers. So this past season, uh, they they were thirty five nineteen and two, which is actually quite quite decent. Um, they finished second in the uh, Northern Division because they changed up all the divisions um, due to. Um, COVID and travel restrictions. Mm-hmm. Uh, last season, they uh, went 37, 25 and nine, which was second in the Pacific division, which is fine. They made the playoffs that year. That's, that's nice. Um, the year before that 35, 38, nine, seventh in the NHL uh, Pacific division did, like, did not, mm-hmm. did not make the playoffs the year before that 36, 40 and six, sixth in the Pacific division uh, didn't make the playoffs. Uh, and then the 2016-2017 season, which was Connor McDavid's first season in the NHL, uh, 47-26-9. They did finish second in the Pacific and um, actually made the playoffs. So in Connor McDavid's um, tenure in the NHL, they have um, made the playoffs uh, three times. Oh, sorry, actually, no, he was all right, He was a part of the 2015-2016 season. My mistake. Um, they finished seventh in the Pacific, didn't touch the playoffs. So, so, so yeah, in his six seasons, they've made the playoffs uh, three times um, in varying circumstances, but that that is better. But it's like you have the, like the fact that between each playoff appearance is like a seventh place finish in their division is absolutely ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Like they're boom or bust, but when they boom, they're still not even winning the division. And that's the part that's absolutely wild about it. You know, like they don't like their boom wasn't, you know, Golden State Warriors 73 and nine season. You know, their boom is like, hey, we we finished second. We didn't suck. We were we were good. Then we got bumped pretty early in the playoffs. And then their bus seasons are like, well, Conor McDavid had a great year. And um, that, that was that was it. Nice. Yeah, we we. Oh fuck! I hate myself. That's like every other season. It's it's that insane. that is definitely um, a pretty common phrase that uh, Edmonton fans make. Uh, anyway, yeah. So just real quick, the last award that's been announced, the Ted Lindsay Award, which also goes to Connor McDavid. Um, this is the most outstanding player honor, which gets voted by the Players Association instead of by um, managers and GMs, which is where the voting for the MVP award comes from. Mm-hmm. So. Um, basically, basically, it's a second MVP award as voted on by the players. So, uh, Connor McDavid takes home the Ted Lindsay Award as well this season, adding to his oh so large trophy case uh, full of everything but a Stanley Cup championship ring. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Are you? <laughs> no. Uh, yeah. So, for reference, uh, three-time All Star. Uh, two-time Ted Lindsay Award winner, three-time Art Ross, uh, two-time Hart, uh, all-rookie uh, all team, uh, it, God damn, never finished out, like, outside of the top ten of like, anything. He, stupid. It's so stupid. It's so stupid. I, God, how can you not root for this guy? And it's only 24, man. It's fucking wild. God damn. He's going to be 
I mean, he's going to finish his career as what a top three player in the NHL. Like he's going to be Gretzky, Lemieux, Crosby, and Crosby you know, still is National Young, man. <sighs> Touche. Yeah, he's 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 fucking like my my man is is twenty four years old. He has five hundred seventy four career points. Like fucking excuse me. <laughs> yeah. Um, wow, that is actually fucking insane. Yeah. Uh yeah. Like it. It's. I. Uh, yeah. Wow. Um, I Real take quick. it back. I don't want him to stay in Edmonton. I want him to get traded to Pittsburgh. So just for reference, Connor McDavid is currently, um, well, not even 250th on the points leaderboard. That's Joff Sanderson with 700. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> Can you say that name again? Joff? I'm assuming it's actually pronounced Jeff, but it's G-E-O-F-F. And if you spell it like that, I'm not going to pronounce it correctly. Um, out of spite. Uh, but here, we'll put it this way. Brad Marchand is 236th on the list uh, with 715 points. Brad Marchand is a very good hockey player. Brad Marchand has played 12 seasons. That's twice as much time as Connor McDavid. And obviously, anything can happen. So blindly extrapolating Connor McDavid's statistics out you know, double his career length is not necessarily a fair and practical thing to do, but fuck it. I'm not a fair and practical guy. Fuck yourself. Uh, <laughs> so if we take Conor McDavid's 574 points and, you know, double it to um, 1,408, right? No. You asked me to do math, and I'm not going to do it. Yeah, honestly, it's like it's it's been a very long day, gonna, and it's like you know 9:30. I'm going to say 4,008 is 100% correct. Uh, I I I just went to my calculator because I don't even feel like doing this. Sorry, 1,148. Jesus. Yeah, Whew, it's been a long day. Uh, anyway, 1,148 on the career point leaderboard puts him. Uh, we're scrolling up a little ways here, aren't we? Uh, 1,140. That would put him at 56th. Just in 12 seasons. Like, Brad Marchand is going to continue playing hockey for some time. And um, Do we care? Well, I would, my, 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 no, my, my point is, like, that's just Brad Marchand. Uh, do you think Connor he could McDavid, anybody in that time? Um, and slew foot uh, half the league. Brad Marchand also broke into the league two years later by age than Connor McDavid did. So, I mean, like, can Connor McDavid catch up to uh, Gretzky? Absolutely not. Like, that, those point totals are stupid. Yarmir Jagger couldn't do it in a career that spanned 28 seasons, and he was off by almost 1,000 points. Um, like, it's a stupid thing. But he it could very reasonably enter the top 10, like super duper reasonably. Like it's not even that much of a stretch of rationale. So way to go, McDavid. Way to go. Corbin, have you been watching the Stanley Cup playoffs? Mm, or Stanley Cup finals? Not more than just the highlights. I haven't really been watching uh, too much of it. Actually, I, 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 watched, I watched a lot of the Islanders games, but um, nothing. Those are great really games. Then. They were. Yeah, it's it's been uh, rather lopsided so far. It's only been two games uh, so far. The uh, Tampa Bay Lightning have won both. Do you have a rooting interest in these games yet at all? I want Montreal to win. I just Ooh. I'm so sick of Tampa Bay. 
you know, seeing Cole Caulfield come in and do this and, and you know, the young core that they have and just they have so many young players, Suzuki, Jespery uh, Koteniemi. I have to say the full name to even get close on that last name, but, you know, Brandon Gallagher is always a fun player to watch. Um, Braden Point. Petri. Yeah, Braden Point. But uh, don't give a shit about him. I wanted so, to. Why don't you give a good shit about Braden Point? Who's their, who's their lead point getter this season? Because I don't give a shit about Tampa Bay. I don't want to no. see them win. Um, oh, I do because I refuse to watch Carey Price win. Um, I don't really have any strong hatred for Carey Price. So. Carey Price is a punk bitch. Which is fine. I get it. Um, but still, you know. Also, Montreal doesn't deserve this. They don't. I think it would be a really fun way to just kind of break the... Well, I guess the Blues did win it when they were not a very good team. And then the Dallas Stars went last year when they shouldn't have any right... Or not last year, but... Was it last year? Stars? No, I don't think so. No, last year was... Tampa Bay and who? Tampa beat the Bruins? last year no that doesn't make any no. sense no fuck who was it uh 2020 stanley cup no it was the stars yeah it was the stars hey, i know yeah. something sometimes um but uh let me think um yeah no just i, I want to see montreal win i just i really don't like tampa bay uh, well, I am indifferent to Tampa Bay, and well, I actually have a small soft spot for Tampa Bay. Ryan McDonough is still on that team. Um, but I truly don't like Carey Price. So, Montreal, go fuck yourself. Um, take Carey Price and shove him up your ass. Um, so. He's quite large of a human being, especially with pads, so I do not want to have him up my ass. How large do you think oh, Carey Price okay. is? Six. Two, two ten. Uh, he is six three. I don't see a height or a, oh, a weight. Hold on, let me pull up his Hoyt. stats page. Uh, two fifteen. Yeah, that was close. So you're off by an inch and five pounds. Which extrapolates out to story. something, sure. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but it 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 has been. Um, I have not watched nearly as much hockey this year as I really should, and hockey is going to be the thing that I commit myself to watching more of next season. Um, when I think I'll have a better attention span for it, but I always make a point. No, I I was actually very good about watching hockey like every season for the last five years outside of these past two seasons because uh. COVID really ruined my ability to consume too oh. much stuff. What? The uh, National League All-Star starters just got announced. Oh, really? Yeah. All right. Hold on. Breaking news, folks. I'm going to I'm gonna read them because I never get to break news. National yeah. League All-Star starters. First base, Freddie Freeman. No surprise. Second base, Adam Frazier, boy, Shortstop, Fernando Tatis Jr. I'm actually upset Cronenworth didn't get in, but I'll accept it. Third base, Nolan Arenado. Catcher, Buster Posey. Outfield, Ronald Acuna Jr., Nick Castellanos, and Jesse Winker. Oh, and the AL's got announced, too. I would imagine both got announced. I'll let you go, yeah. the AL. 
All right, so catcher is going to be Salvador Perez of the Royals. Mm-hmm. First base is Vladimir Guerrero Jr. of the Blue Jays. Second base is Marcus Semino of the Blue Jays. Okay. Third base, Rafael Devers of the Red Sox. Shortstop, Xander Bogarts of the Red Sox. And the outfield is Teoscar Hernandez of the Blue Jays, Aaron Judge of the Yankees, wow. and Mike Trout of the Angels, as well as the designated hitter being Shohei Otani of the Angels. Teoscar Hernandez got voted in into the third spot. That's fucking yeah, insane. That one's actually very surprising considering I who just, he was up against. Like, oh, not Cedric Mullins, not Adalas Garcia, not Byron Buxton. Teoscar Hernandez. Is Buxton hurt? Well, he is hurt, but so, uh, actually he might be back. But so was Trout. You know what I mean? Like, Right, but if he's hurt right now, he wouldn't play in the All-Star game, so they wouldn't have him be a starter. But isn't Trout also hurt right now? Is he? Was he? Pl- I thought he was. I thought he wasn't I thought back he yet. Was hurt? I he didn't. Know. No, he's on the sixty-day IL. Jesus. Then I don't know how the fuck Teoscar Hernandez got in. I yeah, am, that's I'm a super I am weird heavily one. Annoyed. That was a very very weird one. Uh, Byron Buxton, by the way, also um on the IL, only on the ten-day IL versus Trout being on the sixty-day IL, but they are both on the mm-hmm. IL still. Man, I don't get that one at all. That's super weird. Uh, 100%. Okay. I'm going to get very distracted by all this for sure. Which is fine. Yeah, Perez being there is fine. I don't think there was really a wrong answer between Perez or Grandal, who Corin and I, those were our two picks for uh, catcher. Hopefully Gary Sanchez makes it as a backup somewhere in there. The backups still get decided by the managers, I'm pretty sure. But um you know, just because he's been killing it recently and he deserves it. Outside of that, no real complaints at all outside of the that one outfield spot. It is very, very odd, but I we let the fans decide these things, so it is what it is. Um, and then for the National League, yeah, I mean, this is basically the roster that we had picked too, so obviously mm-hmm. I don't think we have any complaints here. No, not at all. I mean, again, like, I'd love to see Jake Cronenworth get in, but Adam Frazier is having such an excellent season that I don't mind at all. Um. Yeah, that that Teoscar Hernandez is really the only one I actually uh, have any uh, issue with. I didn't even realize he was a finalist. And maybe I you know that's obviously on was, me. Yeah. But I, yeah, I, okay. It happens. It happens. Well, as long as we're There's always um, something every year. Yeah, that's the again that that's the way it goes when you let fans vote for this shit. So you can only really wait all star appearances oh so much. Mm-hmm. So. Well, it's as long as we're talking about Which baseball. At the end of the day, is kind of crazy to me, but it happens. No, I mean, we talk about this with the Pro Bowl all the time, too. Is It's like, if the fans vote for it, it really shouldn't count for much, but it does count for something because we weigh other things based on it, like how good of a career someone had when discussing Hall of Fame, how it goes into contract negotiations, it goes into all that type of stuff. Um, so while it really shouldn't matter much because the fans pick it, it obviously still has real-world implications, so it does, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so then let's talk about Hector Santiago because we have a small update with that. Um, Santiago's, uh, suspension, uh, was upheld. So where we last left it was Hector Santiago of the Seattle Mariners, uh, got his glove checked after a relief outing as all pitchers are now getting their gloves checked. And, uh, the umps decided that there was something sticky on it. They decided that that was a foreign substance and they were going, they put the, un, they very unceremoniously put his glove in a bag and presumably shifted it off to in a trash bag. Chelsea. Yeah. Right. 
shipped it off to Chelsea to get looked at. And that was where we left it. And Corwin and I had presumed that MLB was going to, you know, like look at it or something. Um, Do something. Yeah. Theoretically, I think we talked about like, you know, they were going to run a basic test to be like, what is this that is on the glove? Because there's lots of things that can be on a glove that could be sticky that would not be against the rules. So let's figure out what that is. And they actually didn't. They basically said, uh, we're just going with whatever the ump said. They said there was something foreign on it or sticky, and that's good enough for us. Now, there is a small uh, quibble with the, I guess, like, I don't know, semantics of the situation, because Hector Santiago was like, I had rosin on my glove. Because it, you know, nothing crazy. Like I, I used the rosin bag. I then reached into my mitt. I had rosin on the hand that reached into the glove because I am a pitcher and I'm a human being with only two hands. Um, and therefore there was imagine a pitcher with three hands. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, go. Go. He'd be no better, but it'd be very fun to watch. Um, You don't know that. I do. That's the best part. It would just be like, he's got three hands, but his war is like still like negative (laughs) 0.1. It's like, oh, that's nifty. He sucks, but that's cool. Um, Anyway. Um, And so apparently part of the crackdown here is that you can't have anything sticky on your glove. So even though it's only rosin and rosin is allowed, and pitchers can actively use it during outings, the fact that rosin made its way onto his glove is an issue. And part of the reason MLB didn't look at it farther, Corbin's making faces, and I fully agree with his faces. Um, Part of the reason MLB didn't look into it farther is because Hector Santiago was like, I probably had rosin on my glove. And they were like, well, uh, okay, neat. You're suspended for 10 days. And the Mariners can't use your roster spot for anything. And... It's shit like this, man. It, it's I don't want to harp on it too much because we spent so much time talking about this type of shit. But just well, it because deserves to be talked about as much as we have been, right, right, right. We haven't like you know been giving it more than it's due. I don't think. Um, just because they're doing something that we theoretically agree with, their execution is fucking terrible. With this, it's terrible. It just doesn't make any sense. They're they're. They're cracking down on this in a bizarre way with so many question marks and uncertainties and disproportionality with the response that, my God, as someone who would like to see something of a crackdown of foreign substances, I'd rather, if this is the alternative, then just say fuck it again, because this is crazy town, how they're actually implementing this. I don't know. What what do, what do you think of this? What happens if you drop your glove on the mound? Like you had you take your hand out to dry your hand, you put it under your arm and you just happen to drop it, it falls on the rosin bag. Automatic well, ejection. Well, and then that that's part of the stupid the stupidity of the MLB's opinion. So like part of their thing was like you're supposed to after you touch up your hand with the rosin bag, like wipe the rosin off on your jersey and then get the ball. And it's like, oh fucking Oh, cool. Now you have rosin on your jersey, and it's a foreign substance. But that's what I'm saying. Yeah, like, it, it's like there's – you have allowed rosin. Like, it's going yeah. to be on stuff. Like, it is an approved substance. on the mound. 
you're providing it to the pitchers to use. It's 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 like telling a player you, you can't get your jersey dirty. Yeah, like there's dirt in the infield, and like if you slide, there's dirt, and if you feel, there might be some dirt, but you can't get dirt on your jersey. And it's like, but but this is your dirt. Like you put the dirt here. And they're like, yeah, but we don't want you to like use it. And you're like, but I, I can't avoid the dirt. It, right. It's the same thing. Rosin's approved. Every pitcher's going to use it because they need it. Otherwise, it wouldn't have gotten approved at any point in, during the course of MLB history like it did. And now they're making up different rules to avoid a misuse of it that was never the problem. Like, how is, how is Rosin on the glove an issue but – rosin on the hand that's pitching not an issue the if hand I put, that physically goes into the glove to grip the ball right like it's like it's like all right you can have spider tack on your fingers you just can't put it in the glove and it's like what the fuck different what what are we talking about it doesn't make any fucking sense so like we joke so much about how mlb is just so efficient at just completely shooting themselves in the foot and causing themselves so much excess just pain and suffering through just the bullshit decisions that they constantly make and it's just they have yet to prove us wrong it's insanity Eh, oh my god it is and and like, I really feel for Hector Santiago here, too, because here's a guy who genuinely didn't do anything wrong. And when he got asked, like, was there anything on your glove? He gave a very honest answer because he was incredulous over the situation of, yeah, there's rosin here without realizing that I, 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 I truly believe without realizing that that was going to get him in any trouble, because why would anyone think it would? And right. this is some very, very odd table setting of the going forward procedures that MLB is laying out because. I'm sure every pitcher in all of baseball at all levels looked at what happened to Hector Santiago. Maybe not with like, that's outrageous, but at least like fucking really like, mm-hmm. do I have to worry about this now? And that's not something a reaction that uh, that's not a reaction that everybody that pitches in your sport should probably have. So. Yeesh. Yeesh. Thanks MLB. You're giving us so much to discuss and we thank you. Which brings us to the next topic, which is a another rather heavy topic, and um, uh, it once again involves Trevor Bauer. Now, we've talked about Trevor Bauer a lot, especially in the past few weeks, because of the face that he has made of himself of the sticky stuff situation uh, and storyline. And I want to be very clear at the outset of the conversation we're about to have to whatever capacity we have it, that while I feel a level of disdain against Trevor Bauer, because I think he's just an asshole and Corwin feels a level of disdain of yeah, Trevor Bauer, because he's just an asshole. And we've talked about him a lot in a generally superficial sense of like baseball stuff. And why he's like a baseball heel um, that is entirely separate of the current situation and really it shouldn't the two shouldn't meld because they're two vastly different issues and conversations. One of which is again, very superficial on the field baseball stuff. And the other one is a real world thing. 
Um, and that is a Trevor Bauer has now been accused by a woman of uh, sexual assault and domestic violence. And a, a athletic article has been released about it. She has filed for a restraining order. There's been a lot of um, details released. Uh, apparently it's like some, some text messages, some of the, some photos, some of the types of things that are really awful. Um, very awful. And that in of itself, there's so much to say about the nature of the systems in place that kind of let a guy like Trevor Bauer, not even him necessarily particularly, but a guy like him, just kind of like a average white guy, be able to do feel like he can do whatever he wants to do. And that has, that's, that's, a, that's another conversation, a totally valid conversation, but just to, to, I guess, limit it a little bit to the baseball side of it. It's been a startling response by the Dodgers. And I guess that's where I want to start because in the wake of this, um, Trevor Bauer is still going to Washington DC and is still scheduled to make his start tomorrow against the nationals. Mm-hmm. And, when asked about it, Dave Roberts said, it's out of our hands. MLB is going to do what they got to do, and we're going to play him. And I can't imagine a worse stance to take on the issue. Obviously, signing him in the first place, knowing that he's a creep and has harassed women on Twitter and uh, been made misogynistic comments, made, you know, like, MAGA-ish comments in the past as well. Um, all those are real red flags and concerns, and the Dodgers threw the, all that to the wind because they believed in his spin rate and on-field ability and all that stupid bullshit that really doesn't matter nearly as much as the real-world things. Um, and you'd think that they'd have a spine, a moral compass when it comes to stuff like this. And I can't imagine a bigger slap in the face of any decent baseball fan the domestic violence survivors community, uh, women just in general, uh, and women in the sport of baseball. Uh, it's, it's been unreal how this has been handled by MLB. Uh, you know, it's, it's one of those things where we always talk about, you know, innocent until proven guilty. Um, I read through the article by the athletic and, by all means, it was something where Bauer genuinely didn't seem like he was trying to, um, how do I want to put this, you know, violently assault her in a way that would be undeniably considered, you know, there is some details here that would involve you know a miscommunication some god it's so tough because you know she says a lot of things admitting you know consent was given for some acts consent was not given for others and a lot of things were committed when she was unconscious and if those are true trevor bauer is undoubtedly guilty um I just, it's really tough at this point to kind of, even as much as I hate Trevor Bauer, Bauer, commit to pulling him, locking him up, you know, benching him when 
the precedent and the law is always going to be innocent until proven guilty. Obviously, the U.S. legal system is going to take these matters into their own hands and they will, you know, um, hand out their decision in several years when that comes about, because that's just how these legal, you know, cases and, and it takes so much time. Um, that being said, my goodness, this is such a disgusting tans- chance, disgusting stance to have where someone is accused of committing an act. There is, you know, an extensive amount of evidence proving that this act was committed and things were done and he fully admits to committing them. And your only response is, eh, not, not my decision. My decision is whether or not to start him. If I'm allowed to start him, I'm going to start him because I'm here to win baseball games. It's like, yeah, we know. We know you want to win baseball games. And these, this, uh, this is the Los Angeles Dodgers. And you have that expectation. At the same time, why would you not be held to a higher standard as one of the premier teams in MLB, as one of you know the premier franchises, as just human fucking beings, why would you not hold yourself to that higher standard? And I get wanting to put baseball first and keep the outside world outside of baseball. I get it. But there are certain things that matter more than baseball. And at the end of the day... At the very least, skip a start, sit him down, talk to him, figure out, you know, talk about this with him, talk about this with her, do your due diligence as a franchise, don't just leave it to the league, leave it to the, you know, US justice system to do their part. Be proactive in this. Hey, we're going to skip your start. It's not a big deal. We'll use it as a rest day if, if this turns into nothing. If we go through this, and it is something we don't want to have you out there throughout all this. It just doesn't seem unreasonable. It's it's not. And if, if it seems unreasonable, anyone that refuses to acknowledge that off-field matters and how they are represented in baseball means something and has a genuine impact... Anyone who refuses to acknowledge that should not be allowed to wear a Jackie Robinson jersey on Jackie Robinson Day. Anyone who refuses to acknowledge that shouldn't be allowed to hold any type of pride gear during Pride Month. Anyone who refuses to acknowledge that shouldn't be allowed to wear military appreciation gear on Memorial Day, Father's Day gear on Father's Day, Mother's Day gear. On Mother's Day, there are so many instances of representation that we all agree have a lot of meaning that are baked into the way baseball presents itself, conducts itself, and shows itself to the public that we can all obviously agree that what you do in response to off-field concerns that show themselves within the game of baseball means something to say that we are not going to sit Trevor Bauer while he is accused of fracturing a woman's skull 
during sex that she did not consent to at some point during the act. I mean, and because we want to win baseball games and we can separate the two shows that you don't give a flying fuck about any of the levels of representation that baseball has shown. And that is inherently against what the sport means, what the sport should mean going forward. And all of the wonderful things that many people within baseball and MLB that do good work have been trying to go for. If you refuse to see what the point of Jackie Robinson day is, then I don't know what the fuck we're doing here. I, it, it doesn't, it, it's bullshit. And obviously there's also larger conversations that are here about the nature of consent within sex, the nature of, of just really how functioning relationships are supposed to work and what one wants, what is legal within the realm of consent. You can't cons- consent for someone to kill you. Even if you went up to someone and like hired your own hitman, that's still breaking the law. You can't consent to someone fracturing your skull. Like they, there's things that legal ground will cover whether you say you want it or not due to public safety concerns that are happened here that are real, that are very real. And the fact that the Dodgers who can, you're a team, you can sit and start whoever the fuck you want. Like we see it happen all the time. It's, it's not new. Aaron judge sat in a baseball game yesterday because Aaron Boone said he was tired. Like we sit players all the time. It's not weird for pitchers to get an extra day of rest. If they need it, you don't need to have a hand handed down from MLB on high reason to not start a player in a given day, especially when it's a serious reason to do so. And again, this isn't necessarily even specifically a Trevor Bauer thing, but it's MLB's way of conducting themselves within having to deal with these issues time and again. And they have come up a lot, especially within the last few years, a fucking lot from a lot of players, from a lot of front office people. And they have done so shockingly little and so shockingly poorly handled every single time this has come up. Jared Porter with the Mets, Mickey Calloway with the Angels, um, Roberto Osuna with the Astros. Like every time this has come up, the whole Houston Astros front office, it has been handled so atrociously. Araldus Chapman with with the Yankees, um, Domingo Herman with the Yankees. Like it, yeah. it's it's, and this one because of the brutal nature of it. And because of how much detail came out so quickly to the story breaking, MLB has a chance to actually stand by the side of women in this fucking sport and stand by the side of domestic violence survivors as a community. Again, there's so many ramifications for this. To teach a lot of people, a lot of young men who play baseball, what consent means and how it can change during the course of sex like a very important lesson that clearly is lacking at some level within the male community of baseball. And they're just choosing not to. And yes, it's still early. Yes. It's still only been 24, 48 hours. Understand it. Got it. However, 
that's kind of the most important time to do something. And to sit to sit down Trevor Bauer from MLB, let alone the fact that the Dodgers are fucking assholes for this, and just say, we don't have all the details, but in light of the accusations, while we begin our investigation, we're going to issue some level. We're going to request that the Dodgers sit Trevor Bauer for a couple starts. Uh, we're going to put him on a restricted list. He's not suspended. He's on a restricted list. There's, there's some differences um, while pending further investigation. Stuff like that they could do to show that they're taking it seriously in a public sense, which matters, matters a whole lot, which you do publicly. And they're, they're not, that's the hard part. And again, this one in particular has a, like, you know, Araldus Chapman and Domingo Herman to go with the Yankees ones. Um, those ones are so easy. I think for a lot of, Especially again, I'm going to really focus this in on 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 the men needing to learn a lesson here. Those are very easy for a lot of men to brush off as like obviously that's bad, you know, shooting uh, a, a gun in the presence of your wife in intimidating fashion. Obviously that's bad. Slapping your girlfriend in front of your coworkers at a at a work event. Obviously that's bad. I wouldn't do that. Duh. A true lesson about what consent means during sex and what can how consent can change what can be consented and what cannot be consented and what your role is as a responsible partner is actually a very meaningful lesson that baseball with its outreach to young men to to athletes at d1 schools down to high school down to even middle school absolutely should learn and MLB has a chance to be a vehicle for positive, very positive change in what is a very real and awful part of many women's lives. And now is a good, it's, it's a wonderful opportunity. Oh, that's a bad, it is a, it is an opportunity for them to actually affect real change off the baseball field by, by saying something, being vocal, being supportive of a community and, offer resources to domestic violence survivors and organizations that do work to better educate about consent and they're not doing anything yet. And the fact that they can't be out in front of this type of stuff, I mean, and by that, I mean, refuse to is it's just so fucking depressing because women who follow the sport, anyone who survived domestic violence and, and follows the sport, but it affects women the most because it's not like these Guys, we don't really have any out players in baseball and none that are accused of hitting their husbands. So especially affects the women that followed the sport. Um, they shouldn't have to wait for a response. They shouldn't have to go, oh, well, it's only been two days. Fuck that. That's not support. Fuck that. Absolutely not. They deserve a response right away. They, they certainly do. Because for a lot of people, baseball is supposed to be fun. And when it gets real like this, I'm sure a lot of people would like assurance that the right thing is being done. And MLB does not do that. Of course, there's, you know, a certain level of due diligence that needs to be done before any serious, you know, um, penalties are kind of handed down and punishment is handed down. But no action is um, it's just straight up unacceptable. Right. And even if the, if the if you know suspending Trevor Bauer or whatever isn't the first thing they do, 
like Corwin said, there, I'm sure it's, it's like there's systems in place and you know yada yada. I get that, and and Corbin gets that. We everyone, I think everyone understands that, especially with a lot of workers' rights laws and the fact that MLB has a union, that type of stuff might not be so easy. Totally understand that side of it. Does not preclude you from issuing a statement, putting out information for hotlines, resources, making um, making pub. Uh, uh, information about these types of occurrences and how men can better educate themselves and how we as fans can offer, uh, can increase our knowledge about these types of instances in case these types of things come up in any of our lives or people within our lives as lives. Um, That is stuff that you can do from the jump just to, as a, while we sort out the HR side of things that will take us more time or whatever, we also understand that this is very hard for some people. Here is some resources, something to that effect. Mm-hmm. And that's the part that they can't seem to ever get right. No one expects them to come up with the perfect human resources solution right away. Um, and honestly, they probably shouldn't be allowed to like fire anybody or kick anybody out of the sport with any immediacy because, again, workers' rights laws seem to, you know, sh- like they should prevent exactly that type of thing. But, um, and again, due diligence, you know. Right. Nobody should be losing their jobs without it being proven one way or the other. Right. But they can absolutely do other things. And it's that part that they seem to never get right. So uh, I, you know, we'll, 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 we'll keep tabs on this one. It is, it is so heartbreaking when again, the outlets that we choose for entertainment intersect with life in a very real and sad fashion. Um, but these types of things are very important. And obviously, Corin and I hope that we're doing our best to um, represent the, uh, uh, represent these issues fairly and with uh, compassion. But, you know, as always, please tell us if we have not and we will do better. Absolutely. Uh, to finish up on something a little bit less sad... Shall we close out talking about uh, the NIL and Reggie Bush? Um, do you want to talk about Reggie Bush now or do you want to save it till we have time for a longer discussion on the NIL and everything that's going on? Your call. Well, you know, actually, we'll save it for later. We'll, uh, we'll just say the uh, NCAA has officially enacted the policy that players can... Um, Make Profit money off, off of their of likeness, name, image, and likeness. Yep. Right, that's what NIL stands for. Corwin had to tell me what it stood for, like five minutes before we started recording. Um, much longer discussion to be had, and I guess we'll have that probably for Monday's episode. Um, but it's a. I'm glad that there. I mean, obviously there can't be more pushback. I went to the Supreme Court, but um, it's nice that it's happened quickly and players get the chance to do that shit asap. So um, make your money. Yeah, there's been a lot of public comment about it because college football in a lot of ways has uh, just as large, if not larger, a following than the NFL, especially in certain places. So there's been a lot of discourse about it. So obviously we have a lot to say about it as well. Uh, And again, there's been some uh, resurfacing of conversations surrounding Reggie Bush and his Heisman Award. So we'll talk about that as well. Um, But that will all be wrapped up, baked up, and, and, and presented in Monday's episode. So 
you'll have to wait till then. But this episode is coming out on Friday, so you don't have to wait very long. You were in work today? No work, no work, no work on Monday, and Juice of the Numbers hits hits your earlobes. So, you're lucky boys. Lucky girls. Took a day off on Thursday. Don't have work on Monday. You think I'm doing anything productive tomorrow? Dude, I... I Actually... Nothing's happening Tom tomorrow, tomorrow, so I think I actually have oh. a lot of work. Yeah, oh, fuck. That's you know what? One day of work over a five-day uh, period, I'll, I'll accept that. I guess if you have to. Right. Like, it's okay. Oh. I, I, I take my own time. <laughs> I take what I need. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, One of my favorite right. Simpsons jokes is, uh, Lisa, you do your the taxes for your family I take what I need <laughs> uh, good old Simpsons it'll it'll be here long after we're all gone yeah. Simpsons season 76 um, don't, don't joke it's, it's gonna happen reality. Yeah. Uh, anyway uh, yeah let's get on out of here so if you want to follow the show on Twitter you can do so at using pod if you'd like to follow Corwin on Twitter, you can do it at Corwin Heller. If you'd like to follow me on Twitter, you can do it at Joshua D. Tracy. Reach out, let us know, hit us up. If you'd like to follow, uh, hit us up via email. You can do it at juice the numbers at gmail.com. And that's it, folks. That's all, folks. If you So until Monday, y'all have a good one. The future of the better.